Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. Welcome, players coaches, parents, and fans to the Simple Kicking Show. Your view and listen right here and right now means a lot. Thank you for your support. It makes this thing a lot of fun. And tonight's Coaches Roundtable is super interesting. But before we get into that, let's talk about Big Game USA. Big Game USA manufactures a football that thousands of college and high school teams use, and they're made right here in Dallas, Texas. I fully support the ball, and if you want to try it for yourself, get 10% off your order. Go to BigGameUSA.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and tap Kicker Footballs. Use the following code for 10% off your order, SimpleKick2021. Again, use SimpleKick2021 for 10% off your kicking football order. You know, I'm looking at, is he getting the ball up quick? Is it, where is it clearing the goalpost or the crossbar at? Um, so as those guys' confidence grow, right, we're going to push that anxiety a little bit and let those guys, you know, try harder kicks and more rushes. We want to build that confidence. Educating the process of what we're looking for. And that's why I think, James, what you do is so impactful is, is not only are you, you have a product that can give us data, but also part of your mission is to educate these young men on how to, how to get recruited too. So I think it is beyond difficult to get a college scholarship. And that's because there's like a thousand kickers that are competing for maybe a dozen scholarships every year. And plus you have the transfer portal that you have to compete with now. So how do you get on the top of these college coaches list? On this round table tonight, three analysts spill the beans. So if you're looking for a blueprint to success, this episode is for you. Lee, hit the theme. Welcome to Simple Kicking with your host, James Harrison. Welcome to the uh, Simple Kicking Show. This is a, a coach's roundtable, uh, kind of a coast-to-coast roundtable of sorts. We have Eric Raisbeck from Penn State. We have Ryan Sapardo from Oregon State and Ryan Doherty from USC. All three guys are special teams analysts, highly regarded in the space by coaches and their peers. And it's really exciting to have all you three on. Um, so we're going to go and talk about recruiting and developing high school kickers. And the reason why we're doing this topic is we're sandwiched in between the NFL draft, which just occurred, and y'all summer camps. So I'm going to open up for the first question, and whoever answers it first, all good. Just state your name and where you're at so that people who aren't watching on video uh, know who you are. Um, the first question is, what is the most difficult part of recruiting a high school kicker or punter? And again, the floor is open. Uh, Ryan Doherty, USC. Uh, I would say just for the analyst side of things is, you know, the only time that, you know, we get to see these guys in person is if they come to the summer camp. Uh, You know, not being one of the 10 coaches that gets to go on the road and recruit, um, it just makes it harder that you get to see them one time in person. Now, obviously, just like any other position, you're watching film on those guys and 
tracking them that way. But, you know, there's just something about seeing guys in person that makes a big difference. Yeah, Ryan Sparta, Oregon State. I, I agree with that. It's really hard to see these guys on film. And, you know, film doesn't always tell the whole truth. Like, you want to see those guys live. And a lot of these guys will put, you know, we like to call it driving range film up on Twitter where they're using sticks, right? Your conditions are perfect, right? You, it's good to see technique and all that, but it's not going to be a driving force to be like, oh, yeah, for sure, taking that guy. You want to see how they react in a camp environment and all that stuff. Uh, Eric Raysback, Penn State, just to, to echo what these guys said, I think the live eval is critical. <clears throat> um, if you can get them under some pressure situations with a, a snapper and a holder, uh, use maybe your specialist to, to make sure you can get the, the conditions as good as you possibly can. But the hardest thing, the challenging thing to me is you basically got to throw high school tape on huddle out the window. Um, <laughs> there's just too many variables. The film's not great. The, the, the view is from the sideline. That's way back behind the track. You can barely tell. You got to really look closely. Some of these kids try to hide the fact that they're using a block because the film cuts off before they pick the block off the ground. <clears throat> um charting kickoffs like it's hard to track the ball uh, so you basically got to throw the film out of the window uh, using huddle um, which makes it difficult until they are on campus like these guys are saying so the, the in-person stuff is obviously critical is there so is there stuff that y'all wish you knew about these guys but don't have access to that information already I mean, I think one thing that's always good to know, and this is right, it's part of Oregon State again, like is what kind of ball they're using when they're kicking, right? Like these guys have big juicy balls when they're out kicking on their own. Are they using a ball that we're going to use, right? The Wilson GST and the Nike Vapor 1 fly a lot different. So, you know, seeing if these guys are hitting a composite or, or that, and you can always ask the kid, but you just got to believe they're telling you the truth when they're, they're seeing that. Uh, dude, are you using a punt pass and kickball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hell what the hell is this? I'm seeing a 70 yard kick. No, we use and what do y'all use over there at Oregon State? We use the Vapor Elites. So we our our special teams coordinator like in kickers really dive into it. They get to pick the game balls with the quarterbacks. Okay. And like we lobbied one of our quarterbacks to switch from the Vapor One to the Vapor Elite. I mean, it's a and like we were doing research on how to break them in and like the ball's important, right? Like you got to make sure your tools are good. Yeah, yeah. We well, one we of the show sponsors. One of the show sponsors is a big game USA, and they make that ball right here in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean uh, to interrupt, Ryan. What were you saying? I think Eric was going. No, I was just saying we okay. did the same thing. We made the the switch as well. I think you, you're right, Ryan. The ball is critical. You know, sometimes you got to make sure that the quarterbacks are in line with that too and the whole program philosophy of what's important but um to answer your question james about you know if we had the data i think these solo videos that guys put on twitter are good um but to ryan's point well both ryan's points sometimes uh, it's just off the sticks and they're just hitting the ball in good perfect conditions i'd like to see the same exact film where you know dad's filming it but but they're getting a little more detail, getting a little more involved. Maybe they're high school snapper and holder or somebody, or we're, we're actually kicking, you know, with a snap and hold and maybe some pressure and just try to make the film as 
clearly defined as you can for us um, without it being the huddle film and in game. But the, the stuff that kids are doing is good. It's just, I think we got to get to a point where they understand what's expected from us um, and what we're looking for. Well, what is it that you're looking for, Doherty, down at USC? I mean, you have had some studs in your career, uh, Gay Burkich, Austin Seibert. I mean, the list goes on. What is it that maybe those guys all showed in high school and that you're really looking for? You know, just I'm, like they were saying, it's it's hard to, to do a lot with huddle. Um, you know, and so I just kind of, for me, I look at, you know, if they, when they're putting those extra points on there, you know, okay, what's the ball doing? Is it is, is are they getting it up high? Is the ball over the top of the uprights when it's going through the goalpost? And you know, you can say the same thing when you you move back to a little bit longer kicks. All right, you don't just see. All right, does he make it? Yeah, yeah. We celebrate all makes here in games. It doesn't matter how it goes through. But you know, when I'm evaluating high school guys, you know, I'm looking at that kind of stuff. And you know, from the angles like they were saying, it, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. But you know, I'm looking at, you know, is he getting the ball up quick? Is it, where is it clearing the goalpost or the crossbar at? And some of those little things like that, just because obviously their huddle film is basically all we get besides, you know, dad filming on the side, which is obviously like they were saying most of the time, perfect conditions. So all those balls should look pretty good. Uh, but in the game film, you can, you know, you get a little, obviously the live rep and you can see some different things and, you know, since that's kind of the cards were dealt, that's kind of what I used to look at on, you know, leg strength. And, you know, I wouldn't say all kicks are blocked up the middle in college, but I would say majority of them are more so than off the edge. So, you know, those kids getting that ball up fast is is a key part of, of what I'm looking at. And then, you know, I take into consideration if they're kicking off a tee, kicking off a tee is easier. They're going to get the ball up faster off a tee. So, you know, if they're kicking off the tee, then, you know, for me, I want to see some type of film of them kicking off the ground, even if it's not in the game, just to show they can do it. So, floor's open. Yeah, I'd echo. I would echo everything he said. Just to me, if you're looking at place kickers, purely place kickers, right? The the biggest thing for us is they got to be able to kick off the ground and. If when I'm watching film and I see a kid pick up the block, it's very telling to me that it's it's very hard to even even eval at that point. Like to me, if they're kicking off a block and the ball's clearing the goalpost, like coach is saying, it's just it's not realistic in terms of what they can actually do. Um, it's very hard to even even use that film at that point for me personally. Uh, I'd rather see I would rather then see them kick off the sticks off the ground with dad shooting the camera than even waste my time watching the the huddle film at that point if I know he's kicking off of a block. Um, I, again, though, if we could evolve that to, hey, there's a snap and a hold instead of just the sticks, I think that would be a much better film with the Twitter film that you're seeing out there kickoffs obviously you're just trying to determine long long ball right leg strength if he's banging it out the back of the end zone then clearly the kid has some sort of leg strength but you know then you're trying to get as much of the hang time as you can with the huddle film being a little gray and you can't track the ball and one of my big pet peeves is that they they'll pause the film and highlight where the ball is it's like well i can't i can't time a hang time when you're stopping the film right so <laughs> don't do that like 
keep, let the film run through so I can see, you know, just how high the ball is to get an accurate hang time on you. So you're looking at just pure leg strength based on kickoffs. Can he hit it out the back of the end zone? Obviously the difference in five yards from high school to college from where they're kicking off is going to be telling, um, you know, sometimes kids put their statistics in there of touchback percentage, but does that really translate to our game? You know, those are all questions you got to determine based on the distance of where the ball goes and then how high the ball is. If you can get accurate hang time, I'd like to see more film on Twitter of guys showing off their leg strength with their kickoffs. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to put that they kicked the 60 yard field goal with like, like coach said, with perfect conditions off the sticks from the middle of the field, I hit a 60 yard and that's great. But it, does that really translate to kicking a 60 yarder in the game? But if I can tell their, how good their leg is based on some kickoffs, if their dad could shoot kickoffs so I could get hang time and distance from that, uh, I think that would be a valuable tool for kickers. Yeah, I, I love the word translate. I, I love the real quick. I love the word translate because you're the translator here, right? <laughs> and you've got an interesting stat about Penn State kickoffs in the last two years. You shared it with me a couple days ago. What was it? Yeah, obviously we had a, a special kid. Jordan Stout got drafted in the fourth round, Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, he was an elite talent with his kickoff leg. Um, we had in the seasons of 2020 and 2021 combined, you know, obviously 2020 was a shortened season, but with those two seasons combined, we actually only covered six kickoffs in two seasons of football, which I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of college football before. I've tried to actually look that stat up. And from my research and limited research that I've done, that's never been done in the history of college football. So we were very fortunate not to have to cover kicks. And that's a luxury that we all want, right? Everybody wants that. Everyone wants the kid with the elite leg that can put it out the back of the end zone. And those kids do exist and they are out there. Um, but Jordan was also a really good field goal kicker. You know, his ability to get the ball off the ground with incredible height was was stupid silly if you just watch some of our practice film and he did tie the Penn State record for longest field goal in, in school history uh, against Pitt in, tw in 2019 I think it was 56 yarder but um, just like those things obviously he had the leg strength from kickoff so you knew that if he was going to be a field goal guy as well he's going to be able to hit the ball really well and hit it far so um that's where the translation to me comes into play is, is, is can a guy do kickoffs as well? And that'll really tell you uh, what his leg strength really is. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to be the best field goal kicker in the world, but at least, you know, does he have leg strength? Sopardo. Yeah. I was just going to ask to you guys, your opinion on this. So when we're seeing kickoff film on Twitter, do you want, most of them up in the stands where you can see the whole picture or would you rather have it behind the guy when they're doing it? Like I'd prefer probably see, you know, a few behind the guy to see his consistency and steps, how the ball flight is, that stuff. But we also need to get that big picture of all right, where is it landing? What's the hang time? You guys got an opinion on that at all? I mean, obviously the, the best would be having both, but yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think for me, I, I would, rather have where I could see the ball land just so I can, you know, track it a little bit better and see how far it is actually going, especially like uh, Coach was saying earlier, I, it's so annoying when they 
pause the film and circle the ball before it hits the ground. I mean, I've had times where I just turn the film off on at, at that point because it's it's useless to watch, and you know you can't get any hang times, and you know so you know I think I'd rather have it from the side where you can actually see them see the ball in and you can get the whole hang time. But obviously, you like the back end view so you can have the fundamental side of it. But you know, I would rather if I'm recruiting a guy see how far he's kicking and what the hang time is. I would agree. I would agree with that, Coach. Just, I mean, if we're talking peer recruiting, like I just need to know, can this kid do it or not? Uh, I'm going to just try to get the data, right? I'm going to try to see the data, the the fundamentals and stuff like that. I think we can work on as when they get here, or we can mentor them into going to see their kicking coaches or whatever the process is. But in a perfect world, you'd get an intercut, which I think I think we need to get to that point. I think this generation of kids knows how to use technology, and I think the level at which all of our schools are at. I think the, the type of kid we're trying to recruit should be able to put together a, a film where we can intercut a back end and a sideline. I know that's a lot of work for a, a high school kid to do, but you know, these kids, they obviously know they're talented and they know that they want to get recruited at a high level. Um, I think that's something that they, they can invest in. And that, that's just part of educating the process of what we're looking for. And that's why I think James, what you do is so impactful is, is not only are you, you know, you have a product that can give us data, but also part of your mission is to educate these young men on how to how to get recruited too. So I think all of this is good. And I think if in a, I know coach said in a perfect world, you get both, but I think that's where we need to get to is we need to, these top end kids need to be in a perfect world for us. So we can, we can make sure we're, we're making the best decisions. Yeah. Cause I mean, y'all's jobs uh, are depend on it, right? Because you've got 15% of college football games that are decided by three points or less. You know, what was interesting at the NFL combine, I was had an amazing opportunity of a lifetime. Um, what the coaches all did is they sat um, on uh, in the stadium behind the visitors bench, but actually closer like on the 10 yard line between the 10 and 20 yard line is where that section was set up for kickoffs and punts. So when y'all are talking about that, like um, sideline view, that's what those guys were looking at for kickoffs and punts. And then when they went to field goal, I had no idea what was going on because I'd never been there, but everybody else did. They got up left and went behind the field goal post to do their charting uh, on where the ball crossed the, the goalpost. So that's just what they were doing at the NFL Combine. Um, what are We talked about what y'all are looking for for field goals, which is, okay, can you kick off the, uh, off the ground? Can you get the ball up high? Uh, where is the ball crossing the field goalpost? Um, you're not so much looking for the 65-yard ball or 60-yard attempt right from the middle. Um, and kickoffs, we're looking for leg leg strength. Like, where is the ball landing? Just again, like that view that they had the NFL Combine, which was really nice. I mean, the guys could immediately see where is this ball landing. Uh, the final question that I wanted to kind of round out the recruiting piece is: What are you looking for for a punter in high school? Is there a distance, a hang time, operation time, uh, location on where the ball's landing? Like, walk me through what the process is to find your uh, your punter. Uh, from a high school perspective, and I'll lead it off with Eric Raisbeck from Penn State because you've got to replace a guy with Jordan Stout. Yeah, this one's a little more intricate, I think, 
all the things we've kind of already touched base on just getting that in-person eval is, is critical. Um, trusting the people that you turn to for these things, you know, whatever the kicking coach or the kicking guru you use, I think you got to trust their, their eval too, because they work with them more often. Um, the, it's kind of a combination of some things you already mentioned is obviously Kenny hit the ball far, you know, some kids just can't, you know, you're trying to track where that ball came down, you know, um, kids will put on their highlight film, Oh, it was a 65 yard punt. But then when you look at it, the ball actually landed at 38 and then just rolled, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not what we're looking for. So you're trying to make sure you're measuring where the ball actually, how far the ball actually traveled in the air. Um, can he, can he do it or not? And then obviously hang time, you're looking at, can he do it or not? You know, what are your measurables, whatever they are, whatever each coach at Oregon state or USC or Penn state, you know, is looking for, for a desired, um, ratio of distance and hang time. Right. And then the last thing would be, you know, just watching a little bit of his technique. I know coach Sapardo talked about that is you're trying to see, you know, how many steps does he take? does he actually move quickly with the ball once he's caught it, you know, to, you know, when they get to our level, they have to be able to have a, a good op time. And if they're slow, if they're slowing it down by just when they catch it to, to, to actually getting it off the foot, um, you gotta, I, I'm always curious to just peek at a kid. Does he do that smooth? Does he do that uh, efficiently um, or not? And, and it's not the end all be all because they can grow and get better. They're allowed to get better as they grow. Um, but that's just one of the things I kind of take a peek at after I measure the distance and hang. Yeah. I kind of just saying the same things he's, he's looking at, you know, the, you kind of got that general thumb. You want 40 yards, four seconds, 41, four, one, 42, four, two, and so on. Uh, sometimes that's a little unrealistic. If a guy's hitting a 55-yard punt, I mean, you're not going to get a 5-5 hang time nine times out of ten. But, uh, you know, just that the hang times somewhat match up with the distances. Uh, and like he said, you know, I, I don't track what the roll is. It's right where the ball lands. And, you know, I even do that here for us, you know, and breaking down opponent film and, and, and so on if the returner doesn't catch the ball. Same thing in practice, and that's how I base, you know, their numbers off of that as opposed to, to a roll. Because uh, then you know, obviously, what the leg strength is. You know, a roll could be, you know, backwards, forwards, or any, sideways, obviously. And you just, sure. you, know, you know, there's no way to predict which way it's going to go. So, you know, just, you know, matching up those hang times as much as you can. Uh, and then just fundamentally, just that they, for me, I want to see that they've had some type of, you know, coaching and their or work on the fundamentals and somewhat, you know, being a former punter myself, you know, I can tell pretty quickly if a guy has been coached before or not, or if he's just kind of out there doing it, uh, just to have some type of background in punting with whatever coach they use uh, outside of their high school coaches. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the biggest I guess in my career so far, the hardest transition most guys have is the operation time side of things. And, and just showing that they can go faster, they can control their tempos and, and stuff like that is, you you know, you have a leg up in my mind if you can do those things by the time you get to us. Yeah, I agree with Doherty, all these guys. Co Coach Doherty or Sapardo, is there a number of operation time? Like, is there a catch to kick or what is it that y'all are looking for in y'all's league? 
I mean, for the most part, everybody's, you know, if you're under one three zero, you're probably good as long as you have a decent enough snapper. Uh, I, I would start there if just anything faster than one point three. Yeah, 1-3 is good. Rugby, obviously, you're going to be a little more. But that you can take away your hang time because it's getting put into your operation time. I interrupted yeah. you, Sparto. Keep keep going. <laughs> yeah, so I think I agree with these guys, right? You want hang and distance. But I also want to see a punter who plays another position. I get a guy who's a quarterback. That's best-case scenario, right? Like I've seen a lot of guys who've been quarterbacks, you know, translate to have success being punters. Because kickers and quarterbacks get coached pretty much the same way, right? You're not going to dog cuss a quarterback if he throws an interception, right? You're not going to dog cuss a punter if he shanks a ball, right? So I mean, those guys like kind of correlate well. But I want to see a guy who plays another position. We just took a kid who's played defense end, right? Like, can they show the athletic ability with it too? Because punter is a little more of an athletic position, in my opinion, on it. What makes you think it's more athletic? I just think the movement patterns, right? Like in the way we run our punt, right? We're going to go rugby and pocket. We want a guy who, you know, be a little more athletic, who can, you know, maybe hold the ball. You know, they don't have to have the whole thing be perfect, right? You're going to get out of routine sometimes. So just making sure they can move and be athletic with it. And then like the operation times big on the pocket punts and making sure those guys, like I hate watching Twitter film and a kid's got a one eight hand of foot <laughs> yeah that's uh that's gonna get blocked by uh doherty's boys for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna go back for six um so now i want to hit on the second piece because we can go on this for about an hour uh if you haven't checked out previous roundtables we've talked about how these those other guys amana nun jeremy springer who's now at the rams um jonathan rutledge they're looking for guys that can you know, play multiple positions and multiple sports. So if you're a high school kicker or a punter, these guys are looking for athletes, not always technicians and specialists. They want to see how you can compete. But the second piece of what I want to talk about is developing this talent. So, you know, Raysbeck at Penn State, you talked about translating, okay, from high school to our game. Um, <clears throat> you've had some success in doing that. Dom Eberly at Utah State, uh, Jordan Stout, um, you've seen it. You have had your hands on it. You've had your eyes on it. Um, of course, you've been upstairs. You haven't been coaching, and none of y'all have been coaching, right, because we're all analysts here. <laughs> but walk me through what that looks like um, and how these guys translate from high school to college and then your experience seeing them go from college to pro. Uh, I think the biggest thing is the, the maturity piece. <clears throat> you know, young kickers – come in no no different than any other position young players just have a hard time uh transitioning into the college level um just from a maturity standpoint not necessarily ability like we're all recruiting guys that have the ability and i think it was important what coach Sapardo said about finding athletes and, and you don't just want the kid that can specialize in what we do obviously once he gets to college he will but that, that's part of that maturation process because if he plays other positions in high school and he comes in and he is a really good athlete in high school and now he comes in and he's, he's the kicker who is surrounded by the freak athletes that are on the field um, and then you get put into, okay, this is what you do now all day, every day. Your entire practice is 
is warming up, kicking and stretching. And um, mm -hmm. I think just being able to handle that is part of the growing process. You know, just looking at the two kids that you had mentioned, Dom Everly and Jordan Stout, I think what changed that from them being young guys to, to being pro guys um, was just the ability to attack attack it as if their goal was to get in the NFL. And they, they already they approached their job in college the way a professional would. Jordan specifically, the change he made from 2020 to 2021 was just this mindset shift of I'm going to do all three. I'm going to be the field goal guy. I'm going to be the kickoff guy. I'm going to be the punter. And the, the, the process that he had to go through to, to make sure his body was in the, the right place, um, to, to make sure he was mentally approaching it the right way, uh, he attacked the offseason uh, with the uh, with the mindset of I'm a professional now and I have to perform like a pro. Um, yeah. So I think the the mental part of it is is the part where you see these kickers grow uh, after their freshman year to sophomore year to junior year, and the faster they can do that, I think the more success they'll have for you. So our job is to make sure we're trying to unlock the mental side more than anything because they all come in talented. Yeah. But they don't all leave going to the NFL. But Doherty, you were telling me when we last saw each other, your backups at OU were getting scholarships elsewhere. <laughs> what was going on there, and how were you unlocking that talent? <laughs> well, you know, part of what we were doing and, and what we'll continue to do here is, you know, our schedule for through the week is is what I think allowed that, and it gave you know, the backups opportunities to get live reps and practice, you know, once a week. Uh, and it really started in that COVID time where, you know, you just didn't know who you were going to have on Saturday. I mean, you had to take that final test on a Friday morning and you can lose, you know, your starting kicker, starting punter, starting snapper. And, you know, you had to have, you know, we talked as a staff about having, you know, at other positions, you know, six, seven, eight guys ready to go, obviously. And, the kicking and punting world, you don't have that many backups. So, you know, we worked on getting our backups ready and then just kind of kept that going even after the COVID times of giving them, you know, a full set of, you know, 10 field goals. And, you know, obviously when you're doing your punt team, if your second team is in, we use our backup punter, uh, backup snapper. But, you know, field goal wise, you know, we gave him one day a week with the full team reps with everybody watching, rushing the kicks you know 10 kicks every every week of the season and you know it paid off for us you know uh that first covid year our kicker tested positive uh, wednesday of game week and so our backup kicker came in and made two field goals and was a special teams player of the week in the big 12 that week and then that that was enough film for him to to pick up a scholarship after the season was over um, and the same thing happened uh, the year before that so um, you know, I, I do try, you know, if we're, you know, up in a game or something like that, or that we've had, you know, scored a lot of points on offense where, you know, the kickers kicked off seven, eight, nine, ten times, I'll try to get the backup in there just to kind of relieve them a little bit because, you know, obviously a kickoff takes a lot of toll on your body when you're sitting there on a game day and you've done nine or ten of them, that's more than you do in two weeks of practice almost. And so, you know, just trying to help save those guys' legs throughout the year and, and letting the backup come in and play in some games, uh, I, th I think it's helped them, 
you know, not only if they end up having to transfer, if our, you know, if they're playing behind a guy that's a freshman or a sophomore, that's obviously your dude. You know, most kids, like just like any other position now, don't want to sit there behind that guy because they know he's going to be there for three or four more years. And so giving them the opportunity to get some game film and, you know, have that opportunity to move on for them is, you know, it's the right thing to do, number one. And if you have a guy that's deserving enough to play in a game and has earned that opportunity, then we try to give it to him. So, Pardo, you were talking about uh, yesterday how you've kind of you get these guys ready to go, and um, it's something that you were learning in your master's program. Yeah, so I've been getting a master's in teaching to try to get these guys kind of more concrete stuff. And one thing we talk about here, we call it the performance anxiety curve. Like it's it's normal and good to be nervous, right? That means you care. That puts you in the zone with stuff. And you know, getting these guys to trick their mind instead of saying I'm nervous that I'm excited. And building that confidence if they get here. So, like, as a freshman, the first kick they have is not going to be a 50-yarder on the right hash, right? You're going to start them early, right, build some confidence. But at the end of the day, practice is, you know, it's meant to fail too, right? Like, you you need to have failures in practice so that you can learn and, and grow through the game. Um, so, as those guys' confidence grow, right, we're going to push that anxiety a little bit and let those guys, you know, try harder kicks and more rushes. And we want to build that confidence but, you know, kind of keep them growing as well. Yeah, and it's funny because what Doherty's saying with his backups is he's putting mm -hmm. them in a position to succeed by honestly giving them reps in, in practice. Because I'll tell you all 10 years ago at LSU, as I was the kickoff guy, zero reps for field goal. Everything went to the starter. Yeah, I – I love what Coach Doherty said. I think he. I think the one thing I really took away from what he said, I think, is important is is the competition piece of it. Yeah. Um, making sure that all your guys feel like they're in in contention, right? And having and putting them in a position to compete. So, like what you said, James. I think scripting is important. You know, we'll try to script for success, like Coach Sapardo saying, but also script for reps, right? at some point, you know, kind of what, who your starter is going to be and what he can do. So uh, managing his reps is important for this the, through the course of the season, especially when you get into fall camp, um, but then giving those other guys opportunities to compete. And, and then we do something too, where, you know, coach, coach Franklin will have those guys compete uh, at the end of the practice with everybody watching. Right. So putting them in a competitive environment where there's noise and, everyone's eyes are on you. I think that gives them an opportunity to showcase what they can do and also puts them in a little bit of a pressure situation so we can see what they will do when the lights cut on. So I think that's the one thing that Coach Doherty said I think is really impactful and powerful that I'm, it's good that they do that. Yeah. Yeah, Doherty, what, what did Siebert unlock or find that got him, you know, ready for the NFL and kind of same for Gabe? Is there any similarities that those guys – kind of went through uh well they're uh two completely different people as just personality <laughs> wise i mean they couldn't be more opposite you know uh but you know obviously both of them came in super talented um and, and much like uh he's saying about jordan you know austin did all three things and you know his his management of time was the hardest thing for us to figure out, you know, is just 
all right, how much are you going to spend on each thing to be the best at each one? Uh, and, you know, figuring that out was a little bit of a process um, for us. And, you know, we, we came to figure out that, you know, he, he, will, he didn't have to spend as much time punting. We knew that wasn't his, you know, quote unquote future for the NFL. We knew it was in kicking. So, you know, we did what we had to do punting wise to where he would be good enough for our team uh, and then spent more time for him on his, you know, kicking and, and more so field goals because kicking off, I mean, he was one of the best. I mean, we had a few more than six returned in two years, but, um, you know, he was, a you know, an over 90, 95% touchback guy for his whole career. And, you know, so we, we did not spend a whole lot of time covering kicks with him. Uh, it was more just getting his field goals right and 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 doing those things, extra things there. Uh, and, you know, he spent a lot of extra time up in the building, you know, with the online classes and, you know, doing work in his fundamentals, his footwork. And, you know, that, that really is what helped him, you know, make that jump from, you know, his sophomore year when he had, you know, a little bit, yeah. you know, lower percentage on field goals to his, junior and senior year, you know, being in the upper 80s and getting that, you know, combine invite and all those things, uh, and then obviously getting drafted. Uh, Gabe was a little different, you know, and, and I was going to say something about this earlier, but, you know, a lot of times there's not very many kickers that come in year one in Ju June or July that are ready to go right away. And, and that was yeah. a scenario for Gabe where, you know, he sat for a year. And so he was there cyber senior year and we were hoping he could take some of the, the load off of cyber and, and he just wasn't ready yet. And, you know, it took him a little bit to mature and, and to get to that point to where he was ready to play. And then obviously, you know, you can go look at his next four years numbers. I mean, they speak for themselves and, you know, shoot, we, we attempted like eight field goals over 50 yards last year and, he made two from 57 and 56. I mean, it, he had, you know, just an incredible career from and, and made some long kicks and made some long kicks at key moments. And, you know, he 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 just took a little bit longer to to be ready to go and mature enough to be able to beat the guy. Interesting. Sapardo, what about you? Is this uh, what stands out to you from that? Yeah, I think, you know, with like the development piece of guys is like they're talking about getting reps is huge. Like our scout kickers are always doing the reps for the kickoff return team and the punt return team and all that stuff. And, you know, our backup kid loved going against the field goal block unit because it forced him to really get the ball up and move. And he made a bunch of kicks doing that. Um, but, yeah, I think the mental edge of these guys is the most important thing. And. A, a good book for kickers to read is golf's not a game of perfect. Right. Like Jeff choked. Bob Rotella. Yep. Yep. I, I've been pretty fortunate to work for some good special teams guys. And Choke was always a big advocate of that. He'd always give the kickers that book when they show up. And it, it just talks about the mental side. And because um, kicking is mostly mental, right? Your technique is going to be what it is. Mm -hmm. You got to trust your holder, trust your snapper. So that's why we love having our punters hold is you can get so many reps with those guys. 
Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, it's it's teaching those guys tools and tricks to make sure that their mental game's on on target. Yeah. So last question before we round this off. This is Ryan Sapardo, Oregon State. We have Eric Raisbeck at Penn State and uh, Ryan Doherty at USC. Uh, Sparta, I'll, I'll have you lead off with this. We were talking about a script um, and why that's so important for the guys once y'all have them and you have like kind of like leg management. If I'm a high school kicker or punter, what kind of advice would you give me on scripting my own day-to-day practice and if, if I want to be recruited? I think uh, a lot of guys like to do like a pitch count type deal. So, you know, no more than 50 balls a day, right? That includes your warm up, that includes all your stuff. So, you know, listening to your body, right? If you're having a hard day, right? You're missing kicks, you're not doing good, well, stop, right? Like you're not in a good headspace, right? You're just going to create bad habits. If you're getting tired while you're doing it, stop, right? Like learn how to adapt, you know, maybe journal it. We had a punter who we worked on, like he would journal like when he would punt. Right okay. to write down, okay, hey, I'm thinking this. This is what I did today, and he had something to go back to reference to when he had good days and when like, he had bad days. So, like distances and hashes. If you were to give me a couple kicks to script and punts to script, uh, where would you want me to focus on? I would probably do about ten field goals. Try to get, you know, three to four on the half right hash, three to four on the left hash, and then the rest in the left middle, right middle. Okay. Um, and then kick off no more than five fulls a day and then punt about the same thing. Ten balls, mixing up your hashes, mixing up your directions, work on your field punts, work on your boundary punts, that kind of stuff. What about you, Eric, up at uh, Penn State? What what would you look for in a field goal kicker for, for scripting and field goal and kickoff and, and punt? What would that look like? Yeah, I, you know, the – the one thing I think Coach Sparta said that I think is super valuable for these kids to understand is understanding your body. Like being in tune with your body is important. I think as guys get older, especially late part of their college career, and then these guys in the NFL, that's what they're masters at really, right? They know their bodies better than anybody. I think the sooner you can learn those things just by trial and error, you know, like Coach said, if you're out and it's not a good day, might not be your day. Maybe it's time to shut it down and, and, and go the next day. Um, as, as far as like scripts, you know, that's really not something that, um, you know, that I would mandate or tell them what to do. I think it's kind of based on how you're feeling that day. But I, I do like the parameters that Coach Sapardo said where you're showing variability. That's to me, that's what we have to continue to work on is variability. Like you have to be able to be confident in your right hash kicks just as much as you are in your left hash kicks. And I think working from the college hashes is critical um, and make sure you got your, your variable and your distances and hitting all the hashes. Uh, I think a lot of times these guys go out and they just hit, and we I know we keep touching on this, but it, you just go out and you hit field goals from the middle and that's great. But the percentage of balls to actually kick from the middle of the field in college are very, very, very low. So yep. I need to see that you're able to kick it off the hash and you need to be comfortable you know most right-footed kickers struggle on the hard right hash in college so being able to see hard right hash kicks and be confident in those things i think is important for right-footed kickers um so making sure you're getting variability in all of your your kicks 
I think for me, just with a, if I'm watching a high school kid, you know, just like, you know, it's the same thing that we're all saying, you know, if, if I were to actually give them a script or something like that, you know, I'd start with an extra point and then I go left hash, then I go across the field, left, middle, right, middle, right, and then back across the other way, you know, right, middle, left, middle, left, just kind of back and bounce back and forth that way. You know, you are covering every part of the field. Uh, and then just backing up, you know, how many ever yards each one. Uh, and that's kind of how I do our, our practice scripts here for our guys, you know, in our set of 10 that we get live with the team twice a week. You know, it's just one day it's it's you, you start from the extra point and go to the left, and then you start at the extra point and go to the right the next day. So you're getting, you know, the different angles and in, in from each hash. Um, and, you know, just as our guys get older, uh, I always make sure – you know, once they're a junior or a senior, I started this uh, back with uh, Austin Seibert in 2017, it is giving them an NFL extra point every day. And mm. not only just one of our extra points, but, get, you know, if, if it's a guy that, that has the opportunity to, to play at that level and with the extra point changing in the NFL, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not an extra point anymore. It's a real field goal. And, you know, yeah. working that into their script every single – week for them is I think has helped those guys, you know, prepare to be ready for that in the future. And, you know, I don't even tell them that I've done that. It's just one of those things I kind of did for them just to, you know, start working it in where they're, they're getting that kick. But, you know, that's kind of how I do our scripts here is just, you know, all the way across the field. And then, you know, after a month or so of, of practice or, you know, in spring ball, half our practices, I would look and see, all right, where are they missing more of the kicks from? Is it the right middle or right, you know, left middle or left? And then I would include more of those so they can get some more work out of them. Well, you know, this is uh, this is something that needs to be said. Um, the, the final piece I'll put on that and then we'll close. Um, I, I charted uh, 25,000 kicks from high school kickers. And what we found from the data was that kickers go to the PAT and they back up in the middle of the field by five and five yard increments and they average kicking like 30 to 40 balls and it's like what you guys are saying is that is completely opposite from what you guys script in house and what you would advise high school kickers uh the very final question here is just uh, state your name again and uh where kickers can find you or punters or snappers can find you if they're interested uh in connecting with you guys floors open um i'm eric raiseback penn state football um you can find me probably best on my twitter handle at coach raiseback r-a-i-s-b-e-c-k yeah ryan Sparto, oregon state twitter too uh just coach Sparto. Uh, Ryan Doherty, USC, obviously Twitter as well. Mine's Coach R. Doherty. So. And I'll put those links all down below. You know, guys, this was awesome. I was recently talking to a kicker, an unnamed kicker at an unnamed school, and he goes, you know what, man? What I'm figuring it out about three or four years into this program is we recruit kickers, but we don't develop kickers. And I can tell that these three guys absolutely do both. They recruit, they develop, and – if you want to go to any of these schools, I'm telling you, these guys are absolutely the places that you will get a total, total experience because these guys are investing in you, period. So I really appreciate you guys joining. This was awesome. Uh, tons of insights, tons of quotes, tons of nuggets. So thank you very much. And um, 
we'll have to do this again sometime. Instead of being so technical and nerdy, we'll have to be like more fun and tell stories. <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, make sure to like or subscribe by tapping on the icons below. And make sure to check out Simple Kicking on the web, simplekicking.com, on social media. And if you haven't already, please download the Simple Kicking app and find out whether or not tracking your kicks and punts is something that's a helpful tool for you.